Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And good Lord Almighty, folks, I am joined by the man himself in central Iowa, my brother, who I am so fortunate to be visiting in just over a week, Nicholas Osen. Nick, we are coming off of another Chicago Bears victory and sitting pretty with a 2-1 and one record as we roll into the G-Man week. How are you doing tonight, my brother? I got to say, things are looking very good. Bears are 2-1. and one. Major Cyclones showdown this weekend. I'll be at in Kansas. And then I have a lot of my favorite people, including the family here in Iowa. Nick, the fall football tour continues, as I will be joining you in Ames on October 8th for cyclones and wildcats and i could not be looking forward to it more but nick tonight we will be recapping none other than our beloved chicago bears in true bears fashion defeating the houston texans in the final seconds on sunday afternoon and looking ahead to sunday's matchup against the giants so folks strap in for a wild one and as always all right nick as i just mentioned our beloved chicago bears are two and one coming off of a down to the wire nail biter victory that i was so fortunate to witness at soldier field i had an absolute blast seeing the bears earn a victory For the first time in person since before I went to college. That is an astounding factoid that I reminded myself of after the win on Sunday. It is embarrassing, but I am so glad that it's finally occurred in a drought of over five years. And I wish you could have been right there next to me. Yeah, that's a stat, you know, we've been talking about a little bit, and and it's truly unbelievable. We made some great memories there, obviously, as fans, but had not had the best luck of seeing some victories. Ironically, I had gone to a win against the Vikings in 2019, and now you've gotten there. Uh, But either way, I mean, it's always very fun when we get to go together. I was kindly invited to this one. I couldn't make it, but I'm glad the Bears came out with the victory. And, and I know we'll talk a bit more about that game, but, you, you know, you mentioned the G-men in the open with the Giants, and that's another very winnable game for the Chicago Bears. Nick, this is a fantastic opportunity for our beloved Chicago Bears to continue stacking victories against teams that are mediocre, maybe bottom tier of the league, and hopefully string along a pretty respectable record down the stretch here as we face some formidable opponents in the New England Patriots down the line, the Minnesota Vikings. Those are some tough matchups looking into October. So week four, another win on the books could be huge for our team. But talking about Sunday afternoon, In the early going, it absolutely felt like the Bears were going to roll. They got off to a 10-0 start. 
against the Texans, and it seemed as though both sides of the ball were clicking. Of course, Justin Fields was not doing anything positive through the air, but the run game was astounding from start to finish on Sunday, and the secondary made massive plays down the stretch to limit Davis Mills through the air and come away with a three-point victory. But that first quarter was kind of a one-off as the game was simply back and forth. And I have to give the quarterback of the Houston Texans some credit, Davis Mills. He looked like a seasoned veteran in the second and third quarter of that football game. The Bears could not get any pressure on him, and that's a testament to the Houston Texans' offensive line. Even when there were a litany of all-pro defenders coming at him, he looked like he had poise in the pocket and was hitting his receivers down the line. And I was honestly afraid when it went to halftime and we were down one point because I've seen this all before, but defense wins championships, and it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of league, and Roquan Smith showed up with a bang to seal the deal for our Chicago Bears, and that's why you pay the man. Yeah, you know, some big names on Chicago really did come up big. Eddie Jackson, obviously, you know, the rookie safety, Jaquan Brisker, continues to impress me, certainly a little more than Kyler Gordon, and you hope that Gordon will continue to grow, and it's still very early. And I would like to give a little credit to Matt Eberflus, actually, because we know that the biggest thing for the Bears this year is to develop Justin Fields, and clearly that needs to be improved. I, I don't know many bigger Justin Fields fans, certainly – not of when he got drafted than myself. And I, I can't excuse, you know, some of the mistakes he's made, but Eberflus wasn't afraid to stick to the run game as it was working and not just force pass plays just to kind of give some opportunities for development within the game or, you know, kind of force passing attempts. And really everyone that got opportunities ran the ball well, highlighted, of course, by Khalil Herbert, who we really like, but I certainly hope David Montgomery can recover pretty quickly. Cyclone's great and one of our favorite players for, for both of us. Just been awesome in Chicago, but the Bears offensive line has been getting some national attention for what they did in the run game. And that's pretty cool because that's something that we haven't seen a lot. There needs to be more time, especially coming from the interior on pass plays. And we obviously need to see more from Fields. But overall, I will take two and one. Should they be three and oh, not necessarily, but they had a chance late against the Packers, potentially. So for that, I'm pretty satisfied. I like the defense, as you say, Ben, don't break. And hopefully we can see some more development against the Giants secondary that I don't think is that scary anymore. Nick, I absolutely love how you mentioned two primetime performers on Sunday, and that was, believe it or not, Eddie Jackson coming away with a pick in the end zone to save the Bears from letting up a score, and then 
Khalil Herbert coming in with that next man up mentality. Of course, we hope David Montgomery is able to play Sunday. It's not looking that way. So hopefully he will be back in week five. And I honestly believe Khalil Herbert will be able to replicate those type of numbers against a mediocre at best New York Giants defense. We saw them on Monday night against Dallas. They got torched by Cooper Rush's offense, a backup to Dak Prescott. And you talk about the run game. If you're looking at Monday night's matchup between the Cowboys and Giants, the Cowboys had a field day, not only with Tony Pollard, but also someone showing some resurgence in his career in Ezekiel Elliott. They both were able to run all over the Giants defense. So I could very well see Khalil Herbert doing the same. Of course, 157 yards will be tough to replicate, but I could very well see him eclipsing 100 and rolling into the end zone once or twice. So you look at this Bears defense, letting up 20 points to the Texans is not pretty. And you mentioned, Ben, don't break. This team recognized the weaknesses on offense where Justin Fields was forcing throws. And you talk about Matt Eberflus recognizing that he needs to stay with the run game. I think he did that once Justin Fields made that second abysmal interception and said, okay, jam it down their throat with Khalil Herbert and trust the defense. And that's exactly what happened late in the third and throughout the fourth quarter. Khalil Herbert in the outside zone, gaping holes being blocked for him. And Roquan Smith, the true shining star of the afternoon, coming up with the biggest play, arguably across the league on Sunday, setting up Cairo Santos for a chip shot to avoid overtime. So a lot to unpack there, but I have to recognize, yes, this Bears defense is not at the level it can be and is capable of right now. But I can see them progressing against a quarterback in Daniel Jones that is extremely shaken confidence-wise. And we'll really just have to focus on Saquon Barkley in the run game. Agree with a lot. I got to push back on something. I don't think Fields was necessarily forcing throws Sunday. I think that as you texted me or, or maybe even tweeted live from, from Soldier Field, I think he was just really inaccurate, especially on your right. I think it was the second one um, that was worse. I mean, the first was off, but clearly a decent read, and, and I like that he trusted himself there. You're exactly right with, with Barkley. You talk about a resurgence, as you said. A player that I think, when healthy, is one of the best players in the NFL. Saquon looks awesome. I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm happy for my Giants fan friends. Uh, the Bears haven't looked terrific necessarily in the run D game, especially against Green Bay. So that that is a real worry. But, yeah, I like the Bears' chances. I'm a fan here. I like our chances when you're getting to force Daniel Jones to step back and throw. 
And I think that the Bears have gotten some uh, success with pressure so far this season. And the Cowboys certainly did it Monday night, as you mentioned. And, and I'll take the Bears front seven around, you know, in that category too. So I think, yeah, to me, if you can't create some successful passing plays and getting get into some rhythm against New York, I don't know a lot of teams you will be able to because they've lost some talented players, especially in that secondary the last few years. But I like the Bears' chances to go three and one, and I think that you're spot on with the defense and Roquan Smith, incredible game Sunday. Nick, we'd be sitting here sulking at one and two if it weren't for Roquan Smith, number 58, leader of the defense and is well worthy of an extension come springtime. But I love how you recognize what the Bears should be able to exploit on Sunday afternoon against the Giants, and that is Daniel Jones' true discomfort in the pocket when he drops back to pass, and he will be down a weapon, unfortunately, Sterling Shepard, likely out for the rest of the season with a knee injury. But the Bears will be benefiting from arguably their best receiver not being on the field on Sunday. And so, as a product, they will be relying heavily on Saquon Barkley. I have criticized him in the past. I criticized him before kickoff this season. And I will agree with you, when he is healthy, which is less than half of his career, he is explosive. He is a weapon of mass destruction and is able to get to that second level and barrel through the secondary for a score. The Bears will have to focus on run defense, not only against Saquon, but also Daniel Jones, because he often relies on his feet when there are no receivers open and he can climb the pocket. So run defense is the focus. You will not be able to contain Saquon Barkley. He will run for close to 100 yards, but can you keep him out of the end zone? That is what the Bears will have to do if a victory is on the horizon Sunday afternoon, and I cannot see why that's not a possibility. I love that point uh, about Daniel Jones and his legs because, honestly, he's really good there, and you know, I, I also like what you said about Saquon. Obviously, he's just such a complete back. I saw that about Sterling Shepard this week. I'd forgotten about it in this show. Obviously, you know, Matthew Stafford must have made Kenny Galladay look really good in Detroit or something. I mean, you know, I generally always pull for the players, but he just – something's off there. And, and I'm looking at the rest of the depth chart because I've picked up a couple – guys in deep leagues in fantasy and it's like by name nobody scares you uh Bellinger ha had a decent game against Dallas <laughs> as my my partner's laughing across the screen here but no truly I mean is this a an expected win for the Bears I don't think you'd say that because I, I believe the Giants are still favored and neither team is particularly good but I would give the Bears the advantage at really just about every position. I would still take, you know, fields to win a game over Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is bad. 
Uh, and Fields has not been good this year, but I've just said it and been thinking about it all week. Friends, you know, other people have asked. He's too talented, and I believe in his work ethic, Justin Fields, that he'll turn it around. It's not just on him. It's not even really just on the receivers. Like, these guys have to get schemed open a little bit like they do in Green Bay and like they did with Getze there and things like that. I don't know what I'm saying that's so funny here, but I think that, you know, that's really a strong point for me and something that I, I would like to see. I think I'd probably rather see a little bit more of that than a win if I had to pick one, uh, but I know we'll get to our predictions shortly. And I feel good about Justin this week. I really do. Nick, I'm just glad you turned the conversation toward Justin Fields so I didn't have to. But before I get into our quarterback situation, I want to recognize the fact that, yes, the Giants are favored by about three points. That's essentially because it's a home game for them at Meadowlands, and you might as well call this a wash or a pick em. I think both teams are mediocre right now but with a win on sunday either could creep into that good category in the nfl right now you can't be a bad team with a three and one record as far as i'm concerned so our quarterback situation is far different from the giants i think daniel jones is decent but has zero weapons around him in the receiving core Whereas Justin Fields has struggled week in and week out and has a plethora of offensive weapons around him. Of course, we've been banged up at the wide receiver position, but he's got a thousand yard receiver in Darnell Mooney just waiting to catch a pass. He's got Khalil Herbert who has burst onto the scene and is on pace for over a thousand yards as a backup running back in this league. And Cole Komet, who is capable of catching passes. I know he struggled last year, and I was his biggest critic. But he showed me in big moments on Sunday that he can bring down the important catch if it means a big drive is about to occur for the Bears. Justin Fields, we also don't win the game without him on Sunday because of what he did on the ground but he is incapable of making strong decisions when throwing the ball right now. I was at the game Sunday. His interceptions were nowhere near the intended receiver. I don't even think there was an intended receiver on the second one, and I thought it was going to cost us the game. So thank the defense for that. I want to love Justin Fields, but he has to. I've said it week in and week out. He absolutely needs to string together even two decent games throwing the football for me to have hope for the future. I think he is the quarterback of the future. I am not ready to write him off like so many are and were on Sunday after a win. My frustration with him is his forcing of the football through the air and then I know it's not his doing. I believe it was his brand strategist on Sunday night. Videos being taken of him working out after the game on Sunday. That's great. He's running on a treadmill. 
I want to see him throwing the football. He is a starting quarterback in the NFL. We know he's fast. We know he can run for long periods of time. Can he throw the football to his teammates and not the defensive secondary? That's what I need to know moving down the line in this season. All right. I I think it's about time for some bold predictions, but I will say, and you didn't say anything too off base there, I guess. I I didn't even see that video, to be quite honest. But I, I don't feel that he's forced things. I just feel that he's inaccurate sometimes again. And you didn't write him off, like you said. Was that the most concerned that I've been? Probably. But, yeah, I'm not even close to writing him off. I mean, he's essentially a rookie. If this happens for the next six games, for sure, I'll start to worry. But I'm going to be honest, dude. The Texans have a top seven or eight secondary in the NFL, at least so far this year, with some studs. So that's where I'm at. Um, I'm going to start on the defense and I think you'll love this. I'm going to say five combined turnovers and sacks. I think that, so that's, I'm thinking three sacks. That's very doable, especially with some of the talent that the bears have. I see at least one interception, then maybe a fumble or something. It's bold. So it should be a little out of range. I really see probably three or four, but bold, I'll go five there. And I won't, I won't shortchange you. And I don't mean this clearly as, as any disrespect because I love Justin Fields. This is, you know, bold based on what we've seen recently. So I'm going to say 265 total yards and two passing scores because I do still think they run the rock. Um, but I think he has a really good game. No turnovers, no excuse for them in this game. Not a great you know, kind of set of corners that the Giants have. Dallas clearly got open and had some big drops on Monday. I believe CeeDee Lamb had a couple. I know he had one that could have gone for six. And, and again, I like the Bears' chances. Maybe I'm just being a bit too, too much of an optimist, but I really do. Uh, I still have 98% of the faith I've had in Justin Fields. I do. Nick, I have no doubt in my mind that the Bears are coming away with a victory out east on Sunday afternoon. The New York Giants are historically atrocious, especially in the last 10 years, and the Bears have only lost to them in 2018 because of a Cody Parkey missed field goal. So we have the Giants number in recent memory, and I Could not agree with you more, especially when it comes to your defensive bowl prediction. Mine is quite similar. I did not factor in the turnovers, but Daniel Jones is certainly known to throw interceptions, so I like that a lot. But in terms of going after the quarterback and rolling along with the theme that the Dallas Cowboys set on Monday night, I believe they had five sacks on Daniel Jones. The Bears' defensive front will have four on Daniel Jones Sunday, part of which I believe is because they'll be frustrated based on the matchup against Davis Mills. They simply could not get to him until the fourth quarter. So there was a lot of meat left on the bone 
when it came to getting after the quarterback this past week. So Daniel Jones is lying in the dirt with the ball in his hands at least four times on Sunday. And in terms of my offensive bowl prediction, I am not ready to have confidence in Justin Fields right now. And again, especially after the game against the Texans, I think your total yardage is way above what he's capable of right now. So I am looking to number 24 in the backfield, and I think he replicates his touchdown total with two and just over 120 rushing yards because he is a workhorse right now, and he is our greatest offensive weapon when David Montgomery is out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think what I said is crazy, but I again, I get where you're coming from. I've got no issue with riding the hot hand with Khalil Herbert. I, I think he is a really good back. I mean, even though I'm, I'm, you know, getting older and in the industry, I'm still a big fan. We still like getting jerseys, and part of me gets sad and worries because if he's too good, I don't know if Montgomery will be back with the team, which makes me sad. But, yeah, I think we're in a lot of agreement. I didn't realize Dallas had quite that many sacks. Uh, that That's certainly notable. and. I don't know the over-under for this game. Not sure I really need to. Um, I I think it'll be a good game. I'm going to say Bears. Yeah, Bears come out of the Meadowlands with a victory to get to 3-1. and I'll go 24-19. Nick, we have incredibly similar score predictions for this game, as we often do. I think this one is a bit more clean, more of a football score, as I would say. And I will be happy if Justin Fields even eclipses 200 total offensive yards. And if he does, that means the Bears come away with a victory. So, the away team, our beloved Chicago Bears, put together two wins in a row. And the final score will be 24 to a Giants 17. Extremely similar total. I think it's decently low scoring. Like you said, the overall total doesn't matter in this game. I think the Bears defense will be stout in the early going. We'll have a comfortable lead going into the third quarter. And maybe... The Giants will have a garbage time touchdown with Saquon Barkley at the goal line. Yeah, 19 actually is very doable with with four field goals from Graham Gano. And I wouldn't mind that at all for a certain team. But I'm excited to to see this game. Might have to post up somewhere in Lawrence. We'll kind of play that by year. But great stuff. and, And I look forward to hopefully a week four. Victory recap. Nick, I am extremely confident in our Chicago Bears and their ability to get a win on the road on Sunday and could not be more excited to defeat the G-Men for another time in our lives. It seems there are so many in our catalog of wins against the team in the Northeast. So thank you for joining me as always, Nick. Believe it or not, I will be watching this game behind enemy lines as I will be up north in Green Bay 
for Patriots and Packers for stop two on my fall football tour. I will be donning none other than Tom Brady Patriots jersey inside of Lambeau Field. So I will be watching the Bears get a victory on the road for themselves, but also for me in a unique location and rolling into the 3 o'clock game supporting Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So, folks, thank you for tuning in. And as always, just up. Bear down forever.